Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. Betterhelp.com save. Got it. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's. Ray! Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever. You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! Love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Way up the middle, intercepted to the piano at the 50, time running down, Oakland football, and I think Oakland victory. The Raiders have scored on the most famous, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. Well, I love this team. I think this team can win. I think this team can win. What is up, Raider Nation? Your old buddy Murph back. Hang on a second. Was... Oh, crap. Hang on. Hang on. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I noticed. Well, yeah, I was wondering where you were. Oh, no. You need me to come bail you out? Well, what'd you do? Oh, yeah, no, they don't like it when you do that in front of schools. I know the truffle shuffle's funny, but time and place, Mosh. 
right, no worries. No, I, I'll. Well, I'm getting ready to go live. Let me finish the show and then I'll I'll come get you. Okay, I'll see you. I'll see you in a little bit. Okay, bye. What is up, Raider Nation? Your old buddy Murph back once again for another what I hope to be fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio, a podcast selfie for Raiders Fan Radio here on episode number 121. My uncle Mosh has um uh he's volun uh let's see, he's um He's going to be uh, giving some time back to the state of Tennessee and potentially the federal government. So Uncle Mosh is unable to join us today, but we are going to carry forward and still give you an episode of Raiders Fan Radio. That's right. Episode number 121 here for the show. And you guys know me. I don't care to do a podcast selfie, although this is now the third one, I guess, that I've I've done. But uh, I think in order to get through it, we're going to do a couple of things. One, I'm not going to do it on YouTube as much as I enjoy the uh, the chat. Uh, it's it's uh uh, it's kind of tough doing that by yourself. So I'm gonna, we're just going to do an audio version. Plus, I've got some commitments later this evening, so uh, I'm not going to be able to go live anyways. Uh, but So we'll do it together here, uh, the, an audio version only, and we're going to break format. So we're just going to jump straight into the Sea of Fans mailbag. Any of the news stories that I have, we'll present those as we go along. As you guys bring up the different various topics, uh, then I'll just kind of kick back to uh, answer to it and, uh, and kind of present you some of the news stories based on uh, what your comments are. So I hope that's okay. Uh, we're just going to run down basically uh, just the news stories that you guys bring about, and uh, and and that will be the rundown for the show. So uh, a little bit of housekeeping, of course. Please support Raiders Fan Radio in a couple of different ways. Number one is via the audio version of our podcast. Please like and subscribe. You can do that on any podcast service like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts on Google Play. You can do it on Stitcher. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on iHeartRadio. Uh, pretty much anywhere that you find a podcast, you can find us. All you got to do is search our our podcast network, which is Murph's Fan Cave. That's M U R F S Fan Cave. Just search that. Hit the subscribe button on your favorite service, and you will get every episode of Raiders Fan Radio, along with two other fantastic shows. One is the Fan Club Blitz that features the guys from the New Jersey chapter of the Black Hole. They put on a great show talking to other fandoms from around the country, mostly different Raiders booster clubs uh, and different Raiders clubs, but uh, they will also occasionally reach out to other teams as well. Of course, no one does it like Raider Nation, uh, but they do feature uh, some fun, fun conversations, and uh, and, uh, and and sometimes we'll, as they call it, go off the rails and talk a about music and, and beer and all kinds of fun stuff, so definitely support those guys on the Murph's Fan Cave Network, and the last show on the network is Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Now, Mondays with Mikey and Murph, that is myself, and that is Mikey Raider, YouTube OG, uh, Raider Central uh, proprietor Mikey Raider. Uh, he and I do that show full time during the season and then just part time off season. Well, that next episode of Mondays with Mikey and Murph will be coming up on March 11th. So look for us once again to return to Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We're going to do a little bit of a combine, a little bit of a draft special. So that show will return. And all those are on the Murph's Fan Cave feed. So please support Murph's Fan Cave. And lastly, uh, there is our YouTube channel. You can support us there. Go to youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. Also, if you need any swag, go to our NFL uh, com link. It's in the bio on this on this uh, on the on the show notes uh, here on YouTube and also on the regular audio feed. Click that that link, and then that will take you to NFL Pro Shop. 
and you can buy it will take you just straight to the Raiders page. So if you're going to get a new Raider hat, you're going to get a new jersey, you're going to get any new gear, please just go through our link. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And uh, the, the extra that gets kicked back to us, we are going to send that to one of our favorite Raiders charities. We've got a few of them in the works. We've been talking to our buddy, Just Win Johnny. Uh, he's got a fantastic initiative going with his new line of clothes, One Nation Fanware, and he is giving money back to the Stabler XOXO Foundation. So we're talking to him about uh, what his plans are with that and maybe uh, kind of sharing in our effort and, and where we're going to go with it. But nothing to give you definitive yet. Just know this, that any of the money that gets generated through that NFL Pro Shop link, uh, that we're going to give that, that money away. So, so please support Raiders Fan Radio. And, uh, and a future Raiders charity in that way uh, by giving to them. All right, so I'm going to hit you with some contact info, and then we're going to go ahead and jump into it, and we're going to get to episode number 121 here on Raiders Fan Radio. All right, boys and girls, pay attention. You got your old Uncle Mosh here with an update. That's right. I got some stuff for you. Take out a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen. Ah, heck, use your pocket knife and carve the info into your dashboard as you're driving down the highway. First off, you need to like us on our fan page on Facebook. That's right. Go to Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. Don't forget about the Twitter. You know your old Uncle Mosh. He twits now. That's right. Go to at Raiders Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com. Heck, if you want to, you if you want to, if you want to, you can even email us show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us. On the Raiders Fan Radio Hotline, 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Don't forget Merv's Fan Cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz. Find all our stuff on podcast providers like Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. All right, did I hit the time limit? Good. All right, Raider Nation, so this is episode number 121, and you know that we always uh, take our episode number and reflect it back to something significant within Raider Nation, but before we hit episode number 129, I need to hit episode number 119, which is two episodes ago. Uh, I referred to 119 as the one last year uh, of 19 of playing in the Oakland Coliseum. I forget who it was, and I apologize. Uh, I don't have it in my show notes, but just know that, that I got your message, and it was a great one, uh, that I got a suggestion of instead of using that for 119, I should have used Leckler and Seabass. So Seabass being 11, Leckler being 9, and that would have made up the 119. I thought that was a fantastic suggestion. So based on that, real quick, I just want to go back and, and celebrate those guys, those two players, uh, and why would, would those be significant? Uh, I'm sure most of you already know, but in case you don't, Sebastian Janikowski is the absolute all-time scoring leader uh, for the Oakland Raiders. He scored 1,799 points in his career. Uh, that is uh, more than double of the person that's behind him, who is George Blanda, at 863, followed by Chris Barr, Chris Yeager, uh, or Jeff, Chris Yeager, Chris Barr, Jeff Jager, and then uh, Tim Brown at number five for the first non-kicker on the board with 626 points. But Sebastian Janikowski, 1,799 points that's just I mean it's gonna be a long time before somebody surpasses that and then Shane Leckler you guessed it he's our career punting leader uh I was surprised I mean I knew that 
I knew that he was, but I didn't know the numbers. And when you look at his total punts, he didn't have as many total punts as Ray Guy. Uh, he's about 35 punts total behind Ray Guy, uh, but he is uh, about 4,000 4, 4, yards ahead of Ray Guy. His average was five points better. That was the one that really got me. I didn't realize that Hall of Fame punter Ray Guy, 42-yard average in his career, 42.4, and Shane Leckler, 47.5. The long for Leckler is 80. The long for Guy was 74. So by the numbers, uh, absolutely two all-timers, two potential, not only potentially, two future Hall of Famers. If Shane Leckler's not the second punter to be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame, then then I don't know who else would be. So definitely a great suggestion. Thank you for that. So episode number 119, we're going to go back and say it was 11-9. And, uh, you know, when you think of 11-9 and you think of those two guys, I think of one play in particular. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and play that for you. He was four out of seven last year from 50-plus. This is going to be a 63-yard field goal attempt, which would match the longest in NFL history. Sebastian Janikowski from 63. Kicks on the way. It is good. He got it. Wow. NFL history tied here in Denver. Two others have hit one from that far. Tom Dempsey, Jason Elam, and add Sebastian Janikowski to a very short list on a very long kick. Wow. He should be fired up. What a kick. First year head coach Hugh Jackson says I gave him a shot. <laughs> and he made it. How about that? All right, there you go. There's Seabass kicking a 63-yarder, and, you know, Leckler was a holder on that one. So both guys on the field, both guys part of that play. So we definitely want to celebrate the two of them at the time, tying the NFL record. Sadly, that now record has been eclipsed by stupid Matt Prater, another donkey kicker. Uh, That was in 2013. You heard that clip. That went back to 2011, which was Hugh Jackson's first year uh, coaching the team. All right, so let's move on to 121. So let's move to a more current Raider, hopefully a, a Raider in 2019. And uh, we're going to reflect back to number 121 and Marshawn Lynch. So where does Marshawn come into 121? Well, if we rewind the clock back to 2017, uh, that was Marshawn's first year with the team. If you guys remember the game that we had against the New York football giants, the Raiders. Uh, won that football game was 24 something. I remember the score off the top of my head, uh, but the Raiders won that game and Marshawn ran for 121 yards in that game, including a touchdown and uh, one of the more electrifying plays of that season. And, uh, and Marshawn was part of it. Raiders said they're an extra lineman. Adal Alexander and Lynch picks up the first down and more. Marshawn Lynch will go all the way 50 yards for a Raiders touchdown. Jonathan Casillas and just a little bit over pursued here. Good block out front by Casimile. And Marshawn Lynch just gashes them to start this football game. And I got to tell you, Ken, that's pretty par for the course for the Giants. They are not very good at run defense. One guy out of his gap. Huge touchdown for the Raiders. 
All right, here we go. One, uh, so that's Marshawn going for 121 on the day against the New York Giants, and uh, pretty exciting stuff there, man. That was a, that was a fun play, and uh, that Marshawn showing that he still got it, man. You put him in the open field, and he can still outrun fools to the end zone. Uh, so that was pretty cool. All right, so next up, we're going to give a little bit of respect. I want to give out a respect to uh, one person in particular, but also his team of folks uh, down in Birmingham, Alabama. Not only Councilman Parker, but also Councilman John Hilliard and uh and counselor wardian alexander they were just wonderful hosts for us and uh, i gotta tell y'all you know it was a cold rainy day and uh it was a beautiful day for football you know that's football weather and birmingham as they call it is the 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 football capital of the south and uh you know they didn't they didn't do anything to show that they didn't earn that title that it's uh it's legit man it was a lot of fun and you know as we talked about on that show the Birmingham Iron are kind of the adopted AAF team of Raider Nation based on the color scheme uh, and, and just kind of the the, the blue-collar atmosphere uh, that's around uh, Birmingham and, and, and its fans. And, you know, we, we got it. We were up in the suite and, and then got to enjoy all the food and drink and all the wonderful, like I said, the, the amenities of the facility. But we also kind of went down onto the field and, and walked around down close and we're, you know, down there uh, in the lower bowl and listening to the fans. And, you know, people are into it, man. It was, it was cool. Cool, man it was feisty it was very very reflective of what raider nation's like man i mean it was it was it was good man it was the, the fans were into it and and they were fired up and knew their stuff and and so anyways we felt right at home and i, I just can't thank those folks enough man we just we just uh we were we felt uh pretty pretty humble that they would do all that for our little old podcast so uh definitely raider nation support what they got going on down there support the birmingham iron i know a lot of you are are are, are too far out of market to to make it to you know the southeast of the united states to go to a football game down there those of you that are go and those of you that aren't watch them you know watch them on tv you know go get uh, get get some birmingham iron gear starter is the sponsor for all of the gear for the aaf so like i got a birmingham iron uh beanie and it's got like a starter logo on it and stuff and it's silver and black like it goes with all my raider gear so uh definitely raider nation hook that stuff up man it's cool so support the team in that way and support what those folks are doing down there and uh yeah so uh, we are we are just incredibly thankful to them and i uh, had a great great time and i think we're going to hear from kevin later on in the show in the sea of fans mailbag and so uh speaking of kevin let's hit this break and then we will jump into the sea of fans mailbag This is Kevin, the Raider nerd, live at the Oakland Raiders tailgate. Raiders! We got, we got Grill Rillin. Say hey, got uh, Uncle Marsh and Murph. I love you guys. Much love from the Black Hole, baby. Just win. Looking, 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 he's under the gun. He's tied, he's thrown. It is. All right, so first up here in the Sea of Fans mailbag, you know, we uh, 
We always kick off our show with a call from the Capo. So for those of you who don't know who our Capo is, we are talking about Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider. To be a made man or made woman here on Raiders Fan Radio, there's only one thing you got to do, and that means, and that is you got to call the show three times and get your voicemail played three times. And uh, if you do that, we, uh, we, we, uh, we give you made status. And that's where uh, you become kind of one of the uh, the select crew here on the show. So there's about 30 of you now uh, that are that are made men here on Raiders Fan Radio. And we're thankful for every single one of you. And, you know, every made crew has to have a captain, has to have a capo. And uh, we refer to him as Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider. And he always kicks off the first call here on Raiders Fan Radio. Na, 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 na. Ah! Oh, hi, I'm Little Murph. Here at Raiders Fan Radio, if you call the show three times, I said one, two, three times, and get your message played, we will call you a made man. Every crew needs a capo, and the made man of our made men is Aaron the Q-Dog Raider. Greetings, Sonny, Murph, Mosh, Bill Murph, what's up, little homie? Hey. Aaron, you are ready to come to you from the east side for the last time. I'm about to take my tail back to Texas where I belong. And before I do so, let me go ahead and put my pitch in for C.J. Mosley and Landon Collins. Middle linebacker, safety, respectively. we got to get those guys. The latest draft projections, and we've been going back and forth once again on the text machine, is we got to get our man Josh Allen out of Kentucky. Projections now have him going up to number four, and that needs to happen in the worst way. I don't have much time in order to mess around this week, Raider Nation. Uh, it is 547 Eastern Standard Time, and our punter still sucks. Put him on the hit list. Keep him on the hit list. <laughs> uh, Johnny Townsend could not make his way off of the hit list, and uh, nor he should, until uh, at least at a minimum, until we get to training camp. All right, so uh, you know the crux of his call there. We've talked a lot about Landon Collins. Haven't talked quite as much about C.J. Mosley because we weren't sure what the Ravens were going to do. Well, now we know what they're going to do. They're going to let him loose. And uh, as they also cut Eric Weddle today, uh, which, you know, I've heard a lot of uh, immediately. Of course, anytime anybody gets released, the first thing Raider Nation does is hit up every beat writer that, that's got a pulse and says, what do you think the Raiders should do with this guy? You know, so, uh, you know, so I've already seen the the talk out there about, about getting Eric Weddle. Look, Eric Weddle's 34 years old. I mean, I... And look, I'm not opposed to an aging safety. I mean, but I like my aging safeties to, you know, be named Charles Woodson. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. Uh, we don't have any links back to Eric Weddle. He's going to be a little bit expensive, and I would much rather see the Raiders uh, go after somebody like Landon Collins. And even Gruden himself said, look, we're not in this offseason for 35-year-old stop gaps. Well, that's literally what eric weddle will be so uh you know maybe a little bit of a play for him but only if you get him at an absolute discount and it would mainly be for his his leadership although he's probably still got a little bit of gas left in the tank uh more importantly though middle linebacker cj mosley is officially a free agent uh so here's the projected market value for mosley uh like a 48 million dollar deal average of about nine and, uh, you know, in contrasting that to the linebacker average uh, in the NFL right now, it's only a little bit over over two million. But, you know, it's hard to it's hard to gauge him against uh, the average salary because you get a lot of rookies uh, in there as well. And, you know, linebackers really weird in the way that it's being coming evaluated. And one of the reasons that they didn't want to tag him was that, you know, outside linebackers become such a hybrid position like what we saw with that player that wore 52 that shall not be named 
you know, they can be either outside linebackers or defensive ends. So if you tag them as an, as a linebacker, essentially you're having to take in the average of the outside linebackers as well. So those outside linebackers command a considerable amount more money than what an inside linebacker would because the outside linebackers are the pass rushers. So it's a, it's kind of tricky the way this thing is coming out. If you remember back when like Le'Veon Bell tried to get, uh, he tried to get tagged as a wide receiver, or I think Jimmy Graham did that. Like he wanted to be tagged as a wide receiver. He was like, don't tag me as a tight end. You should be tagging me as a wide receiver. I, I produce receiving yards and receiving stats like a wide receiver. So don't tag me like a tight end. So that's almost what we're starting to see. Well, not almost. It is what we're starting to see with the outside linebacker spot. And I think that it's going to be interesting the way that teams handle that going forward. But in terms of CJ Mosley, is he worth nine, almost 10 million bucks a year? If you ask me, I say, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, for anybody that's listened to this show with any regularity, you know, that I've been, you know, banging the drum and pounding the table and, you know, whatever screaming from the rooftops about how the Raiders need inside linebacker help. And while it's not the position that it once was, this is not the days of Mike Singletary or even, uh, you know, the Matt Millens of the world prowl in the middle of the, of the field and being the field general and calling out the defense and whatnot. But there still is some of that. There still is some merit to that. And I think that when you look at the play of whether it's the Cowboys linebackers or uh, Bobby Wagner still today or whoever, you look around the league, there's still a lot of that. There's still, you know, look what Roquan Smith, look at his impact to the Chicago Bears defense. So, the, you know, those examples are still there and it's still a very viable role for a team. And, and we haven't had it since Kirk Morrison. We haven't had good linebackers, good, not a good core since Kirk uh, Morrison, Thomas Howard, and, and, and was it Robert Thomas was the third one there. But um, anyways, so I, I think it's worth it. The Raiders are going to have the money. I think they need to spend it in other places as well. But if you're going to splurge, splurge in the middle of the field. That's the way I've always felt. Inside linebacker, safety, uh, and, and, and big man in the middle. Like, it, you know, look what the Rams did with, with Aaron Donald. You know, look... There's another thing, too, and I don't want to get too much of a tangent here because I want to get to get to you and less of me, but, you know, as important as the edge rushing is and has become in the NFL, we're starting to see it almost swing back a little bit towards interior because you get these guys that want to step up, right? It was always like you get them, you get them on the edge to keep them from stepping out, but now it's like you get that interior pressure, you get these guys in their face, and then you really throw them for a loop. Now, the Rams didn't do a good job of that against Tom Brady, uh, but, you know, that's... That's typically the, the thought. Of course, the thought could also be, well, one or the other or a, a bunch of both, right? So I don't know. But I've always just thought up the middle of the field, so defensive tackle, middle linebacker, safety, those three spots, if you're going to overpay somewhere, overpay there because those three players are pretty much involved on every single play one way or another defensively. Now, corners, you can throw to the other side of the ball uh, or the other side of the field. Edge rushers, you can run away from them, right? Like, you can negate other positions on the field. You can't negate a, a, an interior defensive tackle. You can't negate an interior lineman, and you can't negate uh, a safety one way or the other. All right, great call, Aaron. As always, my friend, appreciate you being a capo and appreciate you heading up this crew of, uh, of, of, our, of our made men here in the Sea of Fans mailbag. All right, so... Uh, uh, we got an email to get, Oh no, did I, yes, I did. I printed Paul's email. All right. So we got an email to get to our buddy, Paul out in Shropshire, Mississippi, uh, which is Shropshire, England. And, uh, he says, evening guys, hope you are well. 
I'm going to start with condolences for those affected by the horrendous storms that hit Alabama at the weekend. Dreadful Mother Nature could do sometimes. Uh, absolutely. And that was not that far from us. And uh, while it was a, a cold, rainy day where we were at, uh, yeah, down south of us was just absolutely devastated by the storms. And so uh, uh, I'm sure the folks down there appreciate you uh, recognizing that, Paul. And um, yeah, absolutely terrible uh, what, what happened down there. It's a, a very, very sad uh, conditions down there uh, after the storms. He goes on, Combine, big story of the week. We saw some impressive athletic ability over a few days, and I'm sure there's been many a conversation about who fits the bill for our Raiders. Excuse me, Quinn and Williams, DK Metcalf, and Miles Sanders were a few that stood out for me, but I'm staying calm and following Murph's advice. Don't get too attached, as you might end up hating these guys if they go somewhere else. That's the proverbial you, by the way. Yes, it is, and that's a key point, Paul. I heard today DK, uh, the Broncos Talk about being heavily interested in DK Metcalf. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You fall in love with this guy. Next thing you know, he's a donk. And then what are you going to do? So, yeah, definitely pump the brakes on that stuff. Uh, Coach Gruden and Mike Mayock did some great interviews, and it's a real positive to me. They are looking at the players and drafting free agency that will fit our system and not just headline grabbers. There's very little merit at this stage we are at acquiring players that don't fit our needs. They just be square pegs and round holes. Let's get the players that add depth and quality to the roster and have the right attitude, not the thumb-sucking fools. How you doing, Amari? I've heard a few times uh, that the initial aim is to win our division. It's common sense from both of them, and the more I hear from them, the more I trust them. All right, so as I mentioned, and he's not done yet, but I mentioned we're going to kind of weave in and out of the news. So let's go and listen to what Gruden had to say about that, about some of their potential targets. Well, that's what we've been doing the last 10 days. We have been doing nothing but studying free agents, guys that's contracts are up. Obviously, we're not looking to add players that are – at the end of their career, we're looking for blossoming young players. Those guys usually don't get the free agency. Uh, so the, the, the pickings are slim for everybody, uh, but there are a couple diamonds in the rough. We'll see where the market goes, but you don't want to spend all your, your money that you have on a few free agents. You, you want to try to keep some of that money available in case a trade might develop during the draft. All right, there you go. So that's a, a perfect example of, of what Paul's talking about there. And then also the same applies to free agency, but of course there has to be a balance. I wasn't sure about trying to get Antonio Brown, but he has undeniable quality, but he comes with baggage. Then I listened to the Scott Winter interview, and he made so much sense. I'll be disappointed if we don't move on him now. If we can balance the draft with some star quality and free agency, we're moving in the right direction. As I said last week, this may not happen in one hit, so we may need a little more patience yet. Uh, as I write, free agency is only a week away. That will be the trigger for everything else we have planned. Once we've dropped our first stone into the lake, the ripples in the pond will start moving, and it gets really exciting. Looking forward to the show as ever. Love your Raider Nation. Regards. Paul Edgerton, Shropshire, Mississippi, proud made man and one-time winner of the Raiders fan radio, Sizzler. 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 That's right, the Sizzler Award. That's what we award to the uh, the, the hottest call, the hottest take, the, the, the best call of the week uh, or email of the week. And, you know, last week when I did this podcast selfie, yep, I forgot to award one. Yep. So we're, whoever whoever wins it this week, you just consider it a double Sizzler, okay? Uh, so uh, on Antonio Brown. So let's let's go ahead and uh, let's listen to what our uh, what our coach thinks about Antonio Brown. Rare receivers where it doesn't matter how good you play him, yeah. he's still going to go up in a lot of cases and make the play. They move him around everywhere. You don't know where he's going to be. He can run every route you can dream up. I know I say that about other receivers, but he can run double moves. He can run by you. He can run uh, 
crossing routes. He's very good after the catch. But what's the greatest thing about this man is I've told all our receivers, if you get a chance to watch him practice, you'll see what unlocks the greatness in him. He's the hardest working man, I think, in football. Hardest working player I've ever seen practice. And I've seen Jerry Rice. I've seen a lot of good ones. But I put Brown, uh, Antonio Brown at the top. And if there's any young wideouts out there, I'd go watch him practice and you figure out yourself why he's such a good player. All right, there you go. So from the man himself, that was from last year when we played the Steelers. And uh, so I'm with you, Paul. So great email, as always, my friend. And, uh, and I think that, look, if Gruden is comfortable with Antonio Brown, you know that Gruden looks for one thing, first and foremost, or in Mayock as well, when they're evaluating players. Do you love football as much as I do? And I, I being Gruden talking, do you love football as much? as Are you into this as much as I do? Are you willing to put in the work? And look, if by all accounts, according to Gruden, Antonio Brown is going to be willing to put in that work. Well, then all this extra stuff, you know, whether it's his sh- uh, his comments with, with LeBron in the barbershop or whether it's his his social media posts on Cameo or all the other stuff, all the other baggage that supposedly comes with Antonio Brown. If at the end of the day, none of that stuff really impacts his play and his practice time and everything else. And it strictly comes down to, uh, to his, his, his work ethic. And, and that is a, and that is a good one. And he produces on the field. Okay. I mean, put me down for, I mean, I'm in, why not? Right. I mean, why not? We need help. I mean, you know, on one hand we're screaming the car needs weapons. So then let's not, uh, let's not get all butt hurt when the Raiders try to go and get him one and get him one of the best in the league. Right. So I'm with you, Paul. I think that was a great, um, uh, a great point there and definitely appreciate Scott's input last week, uh, in, in, in the understanding that Gruden has a little bit of an insight into what that locker room was like. I thought that was great as well. So, all right, uh, next up, let's go here from our buddy Houston Raider Steve. Hey, Murphy Mosh, Houston Raider Steve. I was looking at the uh, draft, and I can't be more excited. Uh, big fan of uh, Coach May- or General Manager Mayock. He might be our, the best general manager we've had since Ron Wolf, who built the team in the 60s and 70s. And I'm really excited about this draft, obviously. Uh, uh, Derek Carr solidified, number one. It's good that uh, Mike gave him the you know, the blessing, whatever you want to call it. And also, uh, McCarran, I'm a big McCarran fan. Um, Tight end and everything with uh, Cook and everything. I hope we're able to retain him. I know he's been allowed him to test the market. I would hate to lose him. Big Lee Smith fan, Carrier fan. Uh, offensive line, Osimile. I hope we don't lose him because he's one of the, you know, obviously the first three, Gabe Jackson, of course, and Rodney Hudson, the other one. We need a, I used to be a left tackle in high school, so uh, we can never have enough offensive linemen with all the, uh, you know, hits they're going to be taking trying to protect Derek Carr and everything. So you need to go out and get one or two. Uh, offensive lineman in the draft. Uh, we didn't have a pass rush last year and everything. Obviously, that was the thing that concerned me the most, especially at the uh, Rams game in the rest of the season. We didn't have a consistent pass rush, outside rush. We need to shore that up, go out and get some uh, you know, defensive ends like edge rushers and solidify that. And we need linebackers. We haven't had linebackers since the Kirk Morrison days. Uh, to hear Whitehead's really great and everything, but uh, we need more uh, beef on that end as far as uh, you know, just hanging in there, toughing it out and but you're only your defensive backs are only as good as the pass rush you get, so we need to. It's good to see Connolly and everybody and Melvin and uh, Carl Joseph and all that. So we've got a lot of needs and everything, but I'm really excited. And uh, go Raiders and great show. Thanks. And we're going to be back. We're going to be back this year. We're going to make some strides. Uh, hope they go uh, at least eight and eight. Just want to know what you think they're going to do this year. I know it's early. Take care. Bye. All right, Houston Raiders, Steve. Appreciate the call, my friend. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that on that call there. You said. Uh, 
uh, call prediction wise. You said eight and eight. I think that's that's fair. It's a return to relevance. You know, I don't think that we're. Uh, you know, I think best case scenario is that uh, we turn in, uh, uh, you know, a, a few games over 500 and we compete for a playoff spot. And, and, you know, I think that that would be a based on what's the recent history of the Raiders are. That would be a, a huge success uh, for the team. And that would be a huge shot to the psyche of the team and the organization and frankly, the fan base being that it's it's last year in Oakland. Uh, you know, the idea that we could potentially compete there and uh, and, 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 you know, risk a playoff game like that. I mean, that would be huge. Right. So, but I think I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, but you know, if we had the right weapons, man, look, th- this, we're not that far off. I mean, yes, we were some key components away from being a competitive football team week in week out, but you know, this team, if anything showed flashes last year, uh, and there's, you know, no reason to think that we're not going to be certainly exponentially better exponentially, exponentially expo, whatever it is, expo better this year than we were last year so i'm with you and especially if we added antonio brown one last thing i forgot to mention last segment when i talked about him uh during paul's email you know i did catch some feedback this week about why would we want to sign antonio brown when he's getting ready to be old uh well you know this isn't madden and i'm not taking a shot at the person necessarily that said this directly but because i heard it from a few one very vocally but uh, this isn't madden Players don't fall off a cliff just because they turn 30. Uh, and there are plenty of cases in the NFL where guys in their mid-30s still produce monster numbers at wide receiver. Now, you got to be one of the greats, but Antonio Brown's one of the greats. Like, he's going to, you know, when he gets done playing, he's going to walk into Canton five years later. So this guy's definitely a, a Hall of Famer. When you look at at some of the others to compare him to, uh, Jerry Rice and Timmy Brown, of course, is the easy one because they played in this offense in their 30s, in their late 30s. Uh, Tim Brown was 35 and 36 years old, and he caught 80 or more catches at 35 and 36 in this offense. Jerry Rice, at 39 and 40 years old, had 80-plus catches in this offense. And they were together, Raider Nation. So, you talk about just having one guy go with for more than 80 catches in this offense. Absolutely. Very possible. A more recent example, Larry Fitzgerald from 32 to 34, he had more than a hundred catches. And now granted they moved him all around. They moved him into the slot and all kinds of creative stuff, but that's what the Steelers do with Antonio Brown. That's what, that's what John Gruden just got done talking about that. He would be willing to do with them that they would move him around. Well, not in what he would do, but he's recognizing the idea that you move him around a bunch Antonio Brown could maybe have 100-plus catches. Well, is that worth it at 34 years old? You know what I mean? And he's not even there yet. He's still a few years away from 34. Uh, And then a a few more, just to give you an idea. Derek Mason, Terrell Owens, Anquan Bolden, all three of those guys at 33 and 34 years old had catches of 80, had seasons with 80-plus catches. So don't fool yourself. Don't be thinking that, you know, Antonio Brown is too old because he's definitely not too old. Is he too much of a headache? Is he uh, too much of a diva? Uh, is he going to provide the, quote, distraction? Would he upset the locker room? All those things are fair, but as far as productivity and his age, uh, and is he worth it? I don't know. All that stuff seems to make pretty darn good sense to me. So anyways, uh, all right, next up, let's go to another caller and listen to uh, our buddy Alex in Tucson, Arizona. Uncle Mosh, Murph, this is Alex from Tucson, Arizona. 
I was watching the Rich Eisen show this morning, and he was talking about how Cliff Kingsbury, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, um, how he might be interested in potentially trading away Josh Rosen for uh, Kyler Murray with the first overall pick. I am excited about that. I'm excited for them. I'm sorry. I'm excited for us if they make that decision because that would mean that either Josh Allen, Nick Bosa, or Quinnen Williams, one of those three will be there at number four because they're, the Cardinals are picking number one overall, um, you know, and mathematically one of those three have to, has to be there at number four. And I would like either one of those three. So me personally, I'm hoping that they do make this trade so that we can benefit from it. What do you guys think? Thanks. Have a nice day. Yeah, please, please, please make that trade. Please do that because, yes, that means one of those three guys will fall to us. And, you know, you can only believe mock drafts for as much as they're, they're, they're worth. There's a thousand million of them. Yes, I said a thousand million. There's a thousand million freaking mock drafts out there, and every single one of them's got a different opinion, and one of them is going to be right. And then that person's going to go, see, I told you. It's kind of like the people that make out like, uh, you know, 10 freaking brackets for their NCAA uh, March Madness uh, tournament, and then, you know, then one of them hits, and they're like, see, I told you. You know, so yeah, I think it's definitely possible, and, uh, and I hope that, look, so according to some of those mocks, they say that Quinn and Williams could be taking it at three so to the Jets. So if that's the case, then that means Allen or Bosa to us, and likely that person is Allen. So I think, I think ultimately that's what Raider Nation would consider best-case scenario. I think we can all agree that the best player for our team is Josh Allen. And isn't it funny that you don't hear the Raiders, the Raiders being Gruden and Mayock, you don't hear them talking a ton about him. So, you know, the, the, the poker game is on, man. I'm telling you, uh, you don't hear that. You hear him talking a lot about other players, Kyler Murray and, you know, all these other players, but you hear him talking about, uh, about Josh Allen. So I think that'd be a great scenario, uh, Alex. I think that's a great call, and, uh, and I hope it happens. And so thank you, thank you for your call. So speaking of that, so uh, let's go ahead and weave in some storylines here. So, you know, Gruden wound up the media with some comments that he had on Kyler Murray. So let's, I got two uh, kind of things for you here. Uh, the first set of comments he made was at the Senior Bowl, but then the second set of comments that he made was on the JT The Brick Show. Let's listen to that. Coach, you said at the Senior Bowl, you're putting away all the prototypes you once had. Quote, we're looking for guys who can play and do a lot of different things, and they come in all shapes and sizes nowadays. I want to spend a moment on that, on a player like Kyler Murray, who's small or more athletic outside pass rusher. Again, players are different. They're different style of players, size, strength, and especially arm strength at quarterback. Can you elaborate from your years with Drew Brees and now what you're seeing with Patrick Mahomes, the new style of quarterback that is coming into the league? Yeah, no doubt. I I was asked a question, you know, if I have uh, a certain belief about a quarterback's size, and I said, no, not anymore. Uh, Drew Brees gave us problems in Tampa. He's still giving teams problems today. Russell Wilson is one of the hardest quarterbacks to defend. He's under six feet tall, and you know, when you look around, you see Kyler Murray at Oklahoma in one year as a starter. He tore college football up running and passing, and he's like watching a video game, JT. He runs 4-3, and he's got a cannon for an arm. And uh, you can't deny his overall athleticism. He's a top five pick in Major League Baseball. Might be one in football. That's hard to say. Oh, my gosh. They're trading Derek Carr. 
Oh, Gooden's in love with Kyler Murray. He's going to trade away our draft. He's going to move to number one, and we're going to get rid of Derek Carr. Please, 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 enough with that business. It's crazy, man. It's so bananas the way that the media winds people up. Raider Nation, we have got to be better than to get wound up by the media who takes comments like that and then completely runs with it. It's silly. that They will make a story to get you to click and comment on it to get themselves money. That's all it is. It's clickbait, man. Don't fall for it. Only listen to the reputable media outlets. Listen to the beat writers. Listen to people like Matt Schneidman. Read the Mercury News. Read RaiderSnakePit.com. Follow those types of media outlets. Don't buy into the national outlets that grab a headline like that. Grab a comment, add a context, and turn it into a big, giant story. Now, the cool thing about Gruden is he's not afraid to, to, to react to it. And uh, so here's what he said the other day on uh, SiriusXM. Can we lay to rest the Kyler Murray at number four to the <laughs> Oakland Raiders? He's like, guy asked me one question. People ask me one question about Murray at the Senior Bowl. Sorry, I didn't mean to. You know, <laughs> the guy's a hell of a player. I don't know if you've seen Murray, but he runs four or three, scores yep. 60 points a game. Sorry. <laughs> for liking the kid. Jeevity <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. So, so with the number four pick, the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> and I'll be shocked if he's there. Let me be perfectly clear. But, uh, look, he's a heck of a player. Coached some good quarterbacks yep. at the Senior Bowl, too. Drew Locke, good. impressive. Daniel Jones. Um, so it's going to be interesting. All right, there you go. So, I mean, look, the guy, they're not drafting Kyler Murray. Like Coach said, he's, he's probably going to be gone anyways. And, and look, and, and also by all accounts, if the, the Raiders are enamored with any quarterbacks in the, in the draft this year, it's Dwayne Haskins anyway. It's not even Kyler Murray. So, uh, you, know, you know us, man, we kind of treat things a little bit irreverent at times. And to me, the thing I got most out of that was Jiminy Christmas. And when, when Coach starts – cursing but he's not cursing it cracks me up man so when he dropped jimmy christmas it reminded me of a of a movie for those of you who have ever seen the movie johnny dangerously uh it's a it's a it's a spoof on mobster movies with michael keaton as one of michael keaton's first movies and uh it's a spoof on on gangster flicks and uh there's this guy this one gangster named maroney and he speaks really broken uh english as an italian and uh and he, and he tries to curse but he always messes up the curse words and that's what, it, what coach gruden reminds me of now here's what maroney sounds like sunday's gang is here what's that bastard one huh Ostrich, Maroney. What are you doing here, ice hole? Hey, can't a fellow enjoy a night out gambling with some of his pals? Don't bullshit me. Search the summon up, batch. Hey, we're clean, Maroney. You see, I don't bear no grudges, even though you boys have been muscling in on my territory. Why do you do that, Maroney? It's a free country, ice hole. We're clean, boss. Okay, you and the rest of your bastiges can gamble. Don't try no fargan trick, otherwise you wind up with your bells in a sling. What a mouth on that guy. <laughs> what a mouth on that guy. And the guy that drops that line is Dick Butkus, man, playing a, uh, a role in that movie as one of the henchmen. And so anyway, so I, I went ahead and mashed him up together with Coach Gruden, and here's what that sounds like. Jeevity <laughs> Christmas. What a mouth on that guy. All right, so there we go. I appreciate the phone call. Alex, where are we? I don't even know. I'm all over the place. Alex of Tucson, I believe. So next up, let's hear from our buddy. We haven't heard from him in a little while. And uh, let's hear from Jesse in Kentucky. Murph, Mosh, this is Jesse in Kentucky, a.k.a. Refrigerator Raider. Um, 
sorry, it's been a while since I've checked in with you boys, but, uh, you know, holidays happened and uh, health issues happened and whatever. Uh, so that starts me off with my first thing. Uh, we cannot lose our made men, right? I heard that episode. No, do not take that away from us because life happens sometimes, all right? Uh, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, uh, yes, we do need to get uh, the Got Made shirts. That's fantastic. Uh, another thing is, um, Murph, I love the stories of your senior bowl coverage, right? So uh, kudos to you for that. Uh, great insight. Um, I just loved it. So uh, the next thing is... Um, that I'm glad to hear that uh, you know that the Raiders may be still staying in the city of Oakland. At least that's what it's pointing to at this point. We'll see, but it gives an opportunity for a proper send off to Raider Nation. So in Oakland, so I'm okay with that. Uh, I like it. Uh, next thing is um, I can get behind Frank Clark. Frank, uh, excuse me, Frank Clark, uh, Landon Collins, uh, C.J. Mosley. You know, because I really do think it opens it up for the draft. If we can name guys like that, you know, get guys like that in there. Uh, then who knows? You know, if uh, Josh Allen isn't there at four, maybe Greedy Williams. I could see that, man. That, that sounds really good, actually. Um, I also agree, you know, we can't be debating uh, Bronco players, right, or Bronco anything, other than maybe the worst of all time. I just want to throw this out there. Um, the best head coach for Denver ever was Josh McDaniels. <laughs> like, he's my hero for what he did to Denver, because people forget that whenever he took over Denver, man, they had a young Cutler, a young Brandon Marshall, and that young tight end that was in Jacksonville, I can't remember his name now, and he completely destroyed that team, man. Julius where they Thomas. had to go out and get their savior, Satan Manning, to even <laughs> give them any kind of relevance again. So, kudos to Josh McDaniels. Like, I'll always be a fan of that guy for that. And lastly... No trading Derek Carr. I, I don't know where all this is coming from. We need to build around him, support him better with the offensive line. I don't know why Tom Cable still has a job, but uh, that's just it. And anyway, thank you guys so much. I've been listening to every episode, just haven't been calling in. Thank you guys so much for everything, Murph, the coverage, the stories. Hats off to you guys. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Right on, Jesse. Appreciate the phone call, my friend. No, we're not taking your made man status away. And great to hear from you. Great to hear from Jesse in Kentucky, also known as Refrigerator Raider. All right, so let's uh, let's continue to weave the news into your calls. And here's what John Gruden had to say about potential trades. I think there's a, a lot of potential for trades, and I, I think that's one of the things I'm really excited about. Mike Mayock, what he brings to the table. He's got great uh, resources around the NFL. He's been in every building. He's on a first-name basis. Everybody knows Mike. And I think he's going to be on the phones quite a bit, not only with those two picks you talked about. Uh, who knows? We may move up with number four pick. We may move back with that pick. We'll see how it all unfolds. All right, we'll see how it all unfolds. But according to John and according to Mayock, they have been very explicit in their comments that none of those moves involve Derek Carr. So, look, I don't. I think that if Josh Allen is not there at number four, or Nick Bosa, for that matter, and I don't know about Bosa, man. There's just something about him. I just don't know if his heart's in it. And, it, and if I have a weird suspicion that his heart's not in it, you know that the coaches certainly do, uh, and, and, and they're going to clarify that before they ever ever draft him. So if they end up do pulling the trigger, and if he does happen to fall, then I think we'll, we'll, we'll be okay with it. Uh, because they'll have confirmed any of that, uh, you know, those reports about maybe him not being uh, is committed to to football or whatnot. But anyways, but all that said, um, I think if, if neither of those players are there, I think that the potential is strong for us to move. You know, um, I love the the idea, uh, the the term that got coined, a Vegas Mike. I think that's fun. You know, if the the idea that he's going to wheel and deal and move around a little bit and. 
Look, why would you not? If the best player on the board at number four is Quinn and Williams, and the Raiders aren't willing to invest a first-round pick into a defensive lineman, and I don't blame them, well, then you look for a dance partner, man, and you look to move around a little bit. And you move down, and then you you know, you know pull Devin White later. Or you pull, you know, like Greedy Williams has come up. Or there's a uh, Cleland Farrell or like there, whatever. There's a lot of players. Uh, I, heck, I saw Montez Sweat move all the way up to number five in one of the thousand million mock drafts just the other. And that wasn't like an NFL.com one. That was like a legit one. That wasn't even like some just, you know, uh, no offense to the bloggers or anybody out there, but it wasn't an amateur. That was like from somebody like, I don't remember who it was, but it was on NFL Network. So, I mean, Montez Sweat could be around. So there's there's other options for the Raiders if they move back. But the thing is that you got to have a dance partner. you got to have someone that's willing to make that move. you got to have somebody that wants an interior defensive lineman bad enough to jump up and to go grab Quinn and Williams. Now, what, what, what teams are those? I don't know. So we'll, we'll see, but I think that the, uh, the idea and the potential for trades is strong. I think it's very strong. And so, you know, this is one of the few drafts where I think two things. Well, number one, I'm not getting my heart set on players anymore for a litany of different reasons we've discussed. One is that they can end up playing for other teams. And two is that when I fall in love with a position of need, like inside linebacker, and the Raiders don't do anything, or the Raiders go completely in a different direction, then I get all butthurt, and then I get all in my feelings as a fan, and I'm like, oh, why did they do this? So I'm not going to expect anything. If they trade back, great. If they draft a lineman, in, uh, an offensive lineman, great. If they draft DK Metcalf, great. If they, I, I, I'm, I'm preparing my brain for all of the scenarios. That way, as a fan, I don't get all freaked out when something happens. I'm just kind of, I'm trying to find the good in all of the moves. You know what I mean? Not necessarily the one that I want as a fan, the one that I think that the Raiders need because I know everything because I have a microphone and an opinion, uh, but not, not necessarily that, but I want to try to understand why the Raiders would, if we were to move out of it, why? If we were to draft an offensive lineman, why? If we were to draft Quentin Williams, why? Josh Allen, why? You know what I mean? Go on and on and on. Why would they do those different things? Try to understand the good in those things, and then that's what I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna focus on when we talk about it after the fact. Because I'm you know this is not the show. If you want to hear people bitch about their football team, then you got the wrong one. There's other podcasts out there that'll that you can find that will do plenty of that. Well, this ain't it, you know. So we're gonna look for the good in things. Try to seek some understanding. And uh, look, if they don't work out then we'll be the first ones to call it out, but we're not going to cry about it uh, until we got a reason to cry. All right? So, hey, another 4-12, and 12 and we might. We'll see. All right, so uh, let's go to our next caller here. We're going to hear from our uh, new friend, newly crowned made man as of last week, Rev Raider. What's going on, Merv and Uncle Mosh? This is Rev Raider calling from Jersey. Um, just wanted to give a couple of thoughts on the combine and where we're at right now. Saw a lot of good things in the combine and stuff. Like, uh, DK Metcalf, he did show and prove, you know. Honestly, I think if Al Davis was still alive, that would definitely be his pick. Cause you know, he loves those athletes or love those athletes. Totally agree. You know, um, and I think it's kind of crazy how, you know, all of a sudden now Kyler Murray could be projected to go, um, first, which would be cool for us, you know, cause we would definitely like, you know, we would definitely get one of those big three guys. You know, um, Bosa, Allen, or, um, or, uh, Williams. Another interesting thing that I didn't even, um, notice, I, I've been, I was looking at some video on, um, Josh Allen recently, 
And I was just like, this guy looks real, real familiar. So I started to do some research on where he was from. And he's actually from Montclair, New Jersey, which is where I'm originally from. I was, like, um, born and, and almost raised because I, I still have family there. But it was cool. He actually went to Montclair High School, which I'm, like, my majority of my family went there. But um, it's pretty cool. Kind of interested in this Antonio Brown thing, saying how we're, like, the leading people for it. So see how that pans out. That might be pretty cool. See if we – I would say let's go with just a second-round draft pick, you know. And, um, but a lot of good stuff going on got me excited, you know. And also something that really is bothering me. Somebody spoke on it last week. I am kind of bothered by uh this whole thing with Derek Carr. Like, these, these guys in the news, man – they re- they're reaching more than Mr. Fantastic right now. Every time I'm always hearing a story about Derek Carr. Derek Carr should just put out a tweet like, hey, man, y'all need to take the sewn-in knee pads off your dresses and get off my Johnson & Johnson, please, you know. But um, that's all I got, you know. Hope you guys are enjoying this cold weather. It's colder than the polar bear's toenails out here. Shout out to Outcast. Cooler than the polar bear's toenails. But uh, have a good one. Always love the show. Peace. All right, thank you, Rev Raider. Appreciate the call. I'm with him, man. I, get off Derek Carr, man. I Look, I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, you know, and I think I'm, I know our audience, for the most part, agrees with me on this. That Look, we got a lot of issues as a football team. I said, a, you know, a couple segments ago, I do feel like we're a handful of moves away from competing, but I think most any NFL team, frankly, is or could be. But look, any of the glaring weaknesses that we do have, quarterback isn't one of them, man. Quarterback, move on to something else. You know, move on to something else. And 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 here's, you know, you hear me talk about it a lot, man. But the media, the the big media companies, they don't have the time to research the minutia. They don't have the time to dig into the weeds and what's going on with a particular football team. They're only going to hit the high spots. You're only going to get a 30,000-foot view. What's the easiest target? What's the easiest thing to contribute to the news cycle in terms of the Raiders? Quarterback. It's the most high-profile position in maybe all of sports. So he's an easy target. Unless there's a big you know, move made like with the Khalil Mack trade, why do you think that the, the, that the, uh, that the, uh, the, the media jumped on that the way that they did? Because it was easy. Because it was an easy target. You know, so they don't understand the dynamics, the inner workings of the team week in, week out. I would argue that you, if you're listening to us, if you are a hardcore enough Raider fan to listen to our little show, you have made the list. Congratulations. You are an official hardcore member of Raider Nation. If you are hardcore enough of a Raider fan to seek out amateur commentary on a freaking football team because you've consumed everything else and we're the last thing left to consume, congratulations, man. You're in the club. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would say that you know more about the freaking football team than somebody like Stephen A or Skip or even some of the freaking Colin Coward or some of the even some of the NFL network people, whatever, because their job is to cover not only all the teams, but all of the sports. Like, I love Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick is one of my favorite broadcasters in history. Like to me, he's up there with Cosell. Like he's on the, like, you know, Al Michaels, like he's on the short list of the all time greats. Okay. 
But even he, I can't trust his Raiders reporting because it's not his job to cover the Raiders. His job is to cover every freaking league, every team, every player. Like, he's not going to get out of the weeds of the Raiders. He doesn't know the inner, the in and outs, the week to week of the Oakland Raiders. He doesn't know that stuff. So don't listen to him. So, so I said all that to say this. Who do you listen to? Matt Schneidman, Vic Tafer, Scott Winter. Like, go listen to those guys. Those guys are spending eight-plus hours a day, every single day, listening to, researching, interviewing, reporting on one team. None of those guys are talking about Derek Carr getting traded. So I'm with you, Rev Raider. Freaking move on from it. What's up, what's up? What's up, Mosh? What's up, Murph? Uh, how y'all doing? All right. So just want to get this out the way now. There's been some uh, rumors about, well, there's been rumors all season since Gruden's been there about Carr getting traded. Ah! I just want to say, if it's not from a reliable source, don't, don't listen to it. Amen. It's, just people trying to get you to click on their article and read it, whatever. How's that for a I don't think cars getting traded. I don't think. I just, I don't see it at all. And plus, if we do trade car, I mean, we're not going to get Kyler Murray. At least, I hope not. I mean, this guy looks as interested to play football as I am, as interested in listening to biology class lectures. So, you know, <laughs> there's that. But I wanted to say something that don't be crossing out I know we're not really crossing out Josh Allen at four, but it's entirely possible. I mean, if you look at mock drafts, they're projecting Allen will go here and there, like before the Raiders. But every single year, it's always a surprise in the top five. Somebody gets drafted in the top five, you're like, wow, didn't think he was going to get drafted there. So it's entirely plausible that the Raiders are going to get or at least get the opportunity to draft Josh Allen at four. Um, also, some news came out today about um, Trent Brown, the offensive tackle for the uh, Patriots, hitting a franchise tag. So, And it's reported that he's going to be hitting the open market. So I think it would be pretty interesting if we could land Trent Brown for our off- offensive tackle spot. Then we wouldn't need to draft a tackle because this dude, he's legit. And... It'd be a great addition to the team. Only thing is he's going with the big bucks, so it depends. Do we want a rookie that we can pay cheap, or do we want somebody that we know is probably going to be pretty good? All right, well, let you ponder that. It's nice to listen to the show every week. Y'all are awesome. Keep it up. I'm out. All right, that was B-Dog. He didn't give his name there, but that's B-Dog out in a pasture in Texas, so appreciate that, B-Dog. Sorry about biology class, bro. I'm with you, man. I, I didn't uh, care for biology class either. But you got to do it. Stay in school, kids. Go do that. Go kick butt in school and uh, and make something of yourself. And, uh, you know, that way you're not, uh, you know, schlepping it on a podcast later on in your life. All right. So, um, yeah, Trenton Brown, uh, I think, is, is very interesting uh, as an option there. And, you know... I'm, look, Gruden, Gruden will like, he, like, he likes his offensive tackles to be got some uh, got some age on him, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And uh, you know, considering that with the success that we had with with Donald Penn late in his career, uh, why not? You know, if the if the guy's uh, if, if if his body is can, can hold up, and I don't even know how old he is. I know he's been around a little bit. He played with the Niners too, right? He wasn't just a uh, just a, a patriot, but. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a, a great idea. And considering that, look, that's a huge position of need for us, um, then then why not? And look, they're going to have to address it somehow because uh, we're going to need something more than just 
Parker and Miller, although I think that Miller's probably more of a sure thing than Parker is. Um, but we'll know this year because offensive linemen make their jump in year two. Like this is the year that you know like whether they're going to be uh, week-in, week-out starters for you in the NFL. So anyways, great call there, B-Dog. Appreciate it. And next up, we're going to hear from our buddy Red in Yakima, Washington. What's up, Murph? Uncle Mosh. Little Murph. <laughs> well, guys, I've been thinking about this draft coming up, and uh, instead of just taking just a random person with the fourth pick, and I really think we should take Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. And then later on down the line, the 24th pick, I think we should take Devin Bush if he's still available. He's a sideline to sideline thumper at linebacker. I mean, and everybody knows that we need a linebacker. And if we get those two in the first round to team back up with Mo Hurst, I think they will bring a swagger and a confidence to this defense that we have had, haven't had in years. I mean, two years ago at Michigan, they were the engine that ran the number one defense in the nation, it might have dropped to the second or third somewhere throughout the season, but they were right there, number one in the nation for a while. I think that would be the best way to go, to build build a nucleus of younger players that have already played together in a different system. To bring that to our system, I think, and I just think that's the way to go. Keep up the good work, guys. Go Raiders. All right, that's awesome, man. You know, a great point. Uh, about about drafting Gary, and you know he's he's pretty vocal. Uh, I love his his uh, his swagger, right? I mean he's he's got the right attitude to be a, a high round pick. Uh, we'll see what his uh, production looks like, but I think the concept of of adding familiarity based on um, their college experience, I think that's cool. I mean, look, that's what we tried to do with our kicking team. Uh, that's why we got uh, Pinheiro and, and and Johnny Townsend, right? Uh, because of their familiarity, and also another, well, but another one I'll throw at you though that I think if if that's the angle we're gonna take, then I think Devin White's your guy. Uh, Devin White even said this week, "quote uh, Old buddy Key needs someone taking care of business inside to help him get to the QB." End quote. And so that's a that's pretty solid. There, you know, it reminds me of the old days of. Uh, Ed Obradovich and Dick Buckus, the second time I brought up Dick Buckus on the show. When you listen to uh, old NFL films interviews, Dick Buckus gives all of the credit in the world to Ed Obradovich. And Ed Obradovich was the defensive lineman that played in front of him because as the old saying was, Ed would set him up and I would knock him down. That, you know, Dick Buckus is not Dick Buckus without that guy playing in front of him. Well, there you go, Arden Keaton, Devin White, right? Like, I mean, that's... Why not? Like, but but you know, I, I like the idea though of Rashawn Gary though as well. Like, it's a it's very very um it's a very good point. Uh, it's the same dynamic essentially. It's a different player, obviously. Uh, I think White feels like he's more of the sure thing. So, but I, I don't know. They get again. Here we go back to there's multiple conversations to have, and I just can't find one yet that sucks. Let me say that. I said I want to find the good in all of the different scenarios. Red, I'm like, okay, like that sounds cool. Like if the Raiders did that, uh, moved back a little bit, or I don't know about it at four, but is that, you know, is that the move to make? Uh, okay. I mean, I can see it though. You know what I'm saying? Like there isn't a move yet where I'm going to, where they're going to make it. I'm going to be like, oh gosh, what are they doing? You know, like, and I won't call out any other players and specifically Carl Joseph, but like when they would do stuff and you just go, oh man, what, the, what is that? So anyways, uh, great job there on the call. Uh, as always, made man. 
Red in Yakima. All right, just a couple more. Uh, let's go to caller. Didn't leave his name. Uh, think a new caller, maybe, in the 330. What's up, Moss, Murph, Raider Nation? Ron out in Alliance. You're not too far from me there. How's it going here? Just want to give you a quick call. Um, there's a lot of talk about Derek Carr. Should we trade him? I think that's all just rumors and talk. But uh, I will say he's got a lot of talk about stats right now. There's only one stat that really matters, and that's championships, and he has zero. So until he has that, he's just an average to good NFL quarterback. All NFL quarterbacks are good. I'm going to leave that with that. Um, I want to get into some pop culture here. Uh, we got a lot of Raiders pop culture you've been talking about. I don't think you've talked about this one. Let's go to a Raiderette here, Kiana Tom. Now, she was a Raiderette for two seasons there. Um, then she went on to a great career that included – she was in Universal Soldier 2. She was on the Drew Carey Show, which being in Ohio, that was fairly big here. She was in an Eminem video, um, ESPN Flex Appeal. And now you can do your research on this one. She was in the May 2002 edition of Playboy magazine. Hello. Not sure if any of you know what that magazine is, but you can research and look it up yourself. I think you'll Never like to see there. Um, anyway, looking forward to next season, the draft. Go Raiders. All right, great job there, caller in the 330. Yeah, so I, I totally remember Kiana's flex appeal. That was like one of those midday things. It was I remember like on, on days that I would, you know, stay home from work if I was sick or something or whatever, and I was bumming around the house, and uh, ESPN2 was on, and then uh, and Kiana's flex appeal was on. I didn't know she was a Raiderette. I had no idea. So that's a, a great reference to Raiders and pop culture. So uh, awesome job there. Call us back again. Let us know what your name is, uh, especially if you're neighbors with our buddy Ron the Wrench, the Mater Raider. Uh, up there in Alliance, Ohio, man. Yeah, definitely give us a call back. And uh, for those of you that don't remember uh, Kiana's Flex Appeal, as I mentioned, it was one of those kind of midday workout shows uh, back in the, I guess, what, late 90s? Uh, I, would, I would guess probably like 96, 97, something like that. And uh, anyways, I, found, I did find a sound clip from one of them. Hey, everybody. It's easy and fun to train your shoulders in the convenience of your own home using portable equipment. Tatiana will be joining me in just a moment and we'll be shaping our shoulders with shoulder presses. We'll be using the medicine ball, doing some shoulder flexing exercises, doing rear flies, side raises, and some exercises for the rotator cuff. Let's get started. There you go. Let's get started, man. Let's shape our shoulders, Raider Nation. Right on. So, hey, good job, uh, caller, once again. All right, just one more for you, and then we are out of here on a quick, efficient show uh, here. I've drank a lot of coffee. It's a midday. And uh, anyways, that's I think that's the way you guys like them anyways. You like get them efficient, man. Get them in and out. Get you back to work. Get it back to your life there instead of, uh, I don't know, riding a lawnmower and listening to me. All right, so uh, last but not least, our buddy Kevin, the Raider nerd who accompanied, accompanied let me spit it out. Accompanied us to Birmingham, Alabama for the Birmingham Iron Football game this past week. Uh, called in this week, so we're going to close it out with our uh, with our buddy Kevin. Hey, Raider fans radio. Uncle Mosh, Murph, the Little Murph. This is Kevin, the Raider nerd. First, I want to thank Mosh and, of course, uh, Murph there for including me in the wonderful fun we had this weekend. Go and check it out. Uh, the Birmingham Iron and uh, hanging out with the council men and women there, doing the joint interview. I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys letting me tag along. And uh, look forward to talking to you more about that later. Got a question, though. A lot of talk about uh, Steelers, uh, you know, with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, uh, with Raiders being in, like, one of the top three teams that are interested. My question to you guys is, I don't think we can afford them both, but... Can we afford one of them? 
When I look at Antonio Brown and I look at Odell Beckham is making, he's making ninety million with like I think sixty guaranteed for four or five years, whatever it was, and get averaged out to around eighteen million a year. Is Antonio Brown worth eighteen million and can we afford him? Or do you think that we should seriously look at Le'Veon Bell, if if at all? Don't think we can afford two, but I'm kind of more feeling the wide receiver end of things. I'd rather have Antonio Brown over Le'Veon Bell personally. But what do you guys think? Anyway, great job, guys. Looking forward to seeing you. Talk to you later. Bye. Right on, Kevin. Appreciate the phone call, my friend. And, uh, yeah, we had a great time down there in uh, in Birmingham. So, as far as running back goes, uh, you know, after – it's debatable. But I think after Carr and after QB, uh, one of the – well, no. First and foremost – let me let me back up. In terms of positions of need for the football team, there are a handful of them where we really are good at. Center is probably best because Rodney Hudson is is arguably the best center in all of football. So we don't need a center. Uh, we're pretty good on uh, an interior lineman. Yes, there's talk of Osemele moving, but Gabe Jackson is solid on the on the right side, and 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 Osemele went healthy and all for the most part, has been pretty, pretty, uh, you know, much a lock at, at on the other side. Quarterback is one of them, right? Defensive interior lineman, we think we're pretty good, right? We need a little bit of help. Uh, one of our corner spots looks like we're pretty good. Uh, maybe maybe the other as well with Worley. Um, so, like, there's a handful, right? Uh, um, running back is one of those. I don't think we need Le'Veon Bell. I certainly don't, you know, if there's – Again, he's he's gonna gonna be getting up there uh, a little bit, and for the money, look, if we were gonna pay Le'Veon Bell, then we should have just paid fifty-two or even eighty-nine, as much as eighty-nine was inconsistent, right? Like, if you're gonna pay a guy that much money, well, then why didn't we just pay the guys that were already there? Um, so I I don't see that, and again, we don't really need them, and especially when. Look, there's a chance that the Raiders could draft Reuben Jacobs. Or Reuben Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Reuben in Las Vegas brought him up last week, and I really didn't hit on it too much. Um, but Josh Jacobs out of Alabama is legit, man. Did you see him knock that fool over in Clemson on his way into the end zone in the championship game? Like, I mean, Josh Jacobs can play, man. So, I, I, it is, so if, if we were to bring in a guy like him, have Marshawn back, Doug Martin's playing well, Chris Warren Jr., the third's coming back, like all of a sudden the running back room is a little crowded, not even mentioned Jalen Richard yet. So, you know, I think that we're, we're fine at running back. So if you're going to make a play for one of those guys, I'm with you, Kevin. It's got to be Antonio Brown for all those different reasons uh, that I gave earlier and you know, we'll see. There's other teams in the mix. It seems like there's a new team every day. Uh, but maybe by the time you're listening to this, the the, the choice will have already been made. And, uh, you know, because they're talking about maybe as soon as Friday about having an announcement on the signing. So we will see if that happens. So, all right, Raider Nation, I'm going to leave you with one more clip here uh, to close out the show. We always ask our, our guests for a message to Raider Nation. And since we featured John Gruden so much on today's show, we're going to let him close it out with his message to Raider Nation. Coach, your message to the Raider Nation, the global Raider Nation. All right, we have the best fans in the world, and what a great opportunity to prove it. Uh, we've got three first-round draft choices. You know, stay with us. You know, keep sending uh, your recommendations. I get a lot of mail, and I appreciate the support. And I also appreciate the criticism and the advice. So let's all stay together, and let's rally around the Raiders. It's a great brand, and it's going to keep getting better. 
That's right, Raider Nation. It's a great brand, and it's only going to continue to keep getting better. Uh, in Gruden, we trust, man. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to trust Mayock, and uh, I know a lot of you are as well. And look, they're not above criticisms. You know, they're, they're human beings, and they're going to make decisions uh, that are, uh, you know, not always going to work out, but I got uh, faith in them that they're going to make the most educated decision uh, that they possibly can to make the best of this football team that we love, the Oakland Raiders. All right, so that's all we got for you today. Uh, thank you for supporting the show, as always, as you do. Oh, I didn't give a sizzler. Oh, my gosh. See what happens when Uncle Mosh isn't around? Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can. Hold on. I got I got to do it. I got to give a sizzler. Where's the dang button? Sizzler. 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 All right, I'm going to give our Sizzler award to uh, to the caller in the 330. Call us back, and you get the Sizzler because hey, he brought up brought up Count of Tom, right? So that's a that's a that's a Sizzler. 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 All right, there we go. So anyway, so appreciate the caller in the 330. Call us back, and congratulations on the on the Sizzler award. There. Thank you to all of you that called into the show tonight and uh, this last week. So. Uh, Kevin, the Raider nerd, the caller, of course, in the 330. Want to thank our Capo Q Dog for leading us off. Houston Raiders, Steve, Alex in Tucson, Jesse in Kentucky, Rev Raider, B Dog, Red in Yakima, Refrigerator Raider. Um, well, that was Jesse in Kentucky. Anyways, so thank you to all of you for calling in and being a part of Raiders Fan Radio. Don't forget to join us at the draft, the draft 2019, April 27th at the Bavarian Beer House in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Go to our podcast page. That's RaidersFanRadio.com on Facebook and hit the events on there and uh, and tell us that you're coming. We would love to see you. Shake your hand, uh, share a beverage with you and a meal and do Raiders Fan Radio Live and go over all of the action that happened on day one and day two of the NFL draft. Uh, it should be a lot, a lot of fun, man. Man, the weather's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be an awesome time to meet up with Raider Nation. Quarter of a million people they're expecting coming to town for the uh, with the NFL draft this year, and uh, and I would be willing to bet that a very large portion of those folks are uh, are members of Raider Nation. So thanks for all you do to support Raiders Fan Radio. Um, what am I trying to say? For Mosh, who's serving or whatever. Anyways, what happens in Vegas? Start in Oakland. Have a good night, guys. Don't try no Fargan trick. Otherwise, you wind up with your bells in a sling. What a mouth on that guy. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. 
see how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.